Hey, Snakebirds! Welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Steve. And I'm Josh. And together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome, Snakebirds, to a brand new episode of the cast. In today's episode, we're discussing a pungent premise, a flagrant field, an aromatic argument all about the odiferous nature of the believer and the unbeliever, and why the scent might be the same, but the reaction to the whiff may be vastly different. I'm going to have to get my translator out for all of that. That was impressive. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a tongue twister. Well done, sir. I had to read it quite a few times to write it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, it is another fantastic day to be with you guys. And this week's topic is one that plagued me for days after Josh and I first proposed the title, What's That Smell? Because the first thing I thought of was Leonard Skinner with that classic tune from the 70s. And I was just battling that tune while trying to study in my study corner. It was terrible. So hopefully that doesn't happen to you, listener, because that tune is just, it was in my head forever. Can I make a shameful admission? Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, y'all write to Josh and, and tell him where he can find that tune. It is like, the it's pretty popular. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I know Skinner. I know Sweet Home. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That is too funny. Well, back on track. Today's episode, we're going to be focusing in on the smell of a Christian, or maybe a better way to put it would be uh, what fragrance we are to God. Because believe it or not, the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about the aroma, fragrance, and smell of us humans on earth, as weird as that might sound. (laughs) And I know those are, they're all synonyms for each other, but those are actually descriptors we see pretty often throughout Scripture. Mm -hmm. And uh, we thought it'd be important to take a deeper look at uh, such a repeated idea when it pops up as much as we see it. Yeah, yeah. From halitosis to body odor, from bath and body works to Axe body spray, scents are all around us. We're sensitive to them. Some make us delight in our surroundings. Uh, Movie theater popcorn. Uh, Another example is, I don't know if you know this, but I used to know somebody that worked for the company who sold Disney this park scent that they have. And they literally pump this scent all around the park to give people like a, a feeling of glee, a feeling. I've of, heard of that. Of, yeah, like when you're near the cookie shop, they actually pump cookie smell yes. with an artificial. Yes. Yeah, and the lady she worked for that scent company that went wow. to like different businesses and say, we you know we don't want you to smell funky. We can actually <laughs> sell you these diffusers. Really? That that yeah. That's that, crazy. Yeah, isn't that wild? That is. And, and um, so we delight in our surroundings, but some also make us very aware of the grime that's around us. I I mean I call to mind like a dump or a grease trap or even a sewer system. <laughs> yeah. You know, when a sewer line breaks, it's really not that hard to realize that it's it's around you yeah no doubt you know and unless you've uh you've blown out your your nasal passages <laughs> you're probably tracking with us on this episode if you've ever fixed a sewer line <laughs> yeah. you know I yeah fixed many yeah or change the wax ring on a on a toilet a toilet yeah yeah for real the struggle is bad <laughs> Yeah, since we're off topic, I'll just go ahead and mention that my wife for Father's Day, she got me uh, the, the Dr. Squatch soaps. Because I, I when I first saw these things, 
I mean, I like Sasquatch as much as the next guy, but these things that kept on popping in the in the uh, ads on Facebook, I was like, oh, that's dumb, that's dumb. And then one day, one clicked, and I was like, you know, I think I want to try some of that Dr. Squatch. Man. And so she, she ordered me some, oh. and it is fantastic soap. Now i got to figure out a new gift for you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you got you. I'll take some more. You'll I, be getting I, Squatch from me. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I might use it all up by, by Christmas, so you just keep that ordered. <laughs> I feel like that took a wrong turn real quick. <laughs> We're not even five minutes into the episode. Forgive us, listener. It, it was kind of on topic. It was uh, the fragrance. Yes, Fra- yeah. Fragrance of, yeah. of squash soap. That's so. a very special soap. Yes. Very good. But let's get back on topic. So when we decided to do this episode, I knew the first place my study would start would be the Old Testament, because this idea of a pleasing smell to God is directly tied to sacrifice, isn't it, Josh? Yes. Uh, it's the idea of presenting something to God that it costs us something, and he'll either be pleased with it or not. And what determines God's acceptance of the sacrifice is the heart behind it. Mm. So hence the whole, what is our fragrance to God mm-hmm. type of type of idea and uh the earliest example of this is with cain and abel if you'll remember in genesis 3 and god officialized the practice later in the law given to moses so i know that i would like to address some of those foundations in the old testament of what a pleasing fragrance was in its infancy Um, all of that found in the jewish law also known to us believers now as our tutor and then tie them to the New Testament practices, which were, they're still a pleasing aroma to God. They're still mm. sacrifices. Yeah. So um, I know I go into that, Josh. Is there anything you want to add before I jump into that direction? No, I, I think um, I started in the New Testament, so I think it'd be best to go to the Old Testament first. So I better first. start yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. The five Levitical offerings. Now, if you've ever read through the Old Testament, you know there's many variants of sacrifice. I have no intention of dissecting all of that, but here are the five major Levitical offerings found in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. And that's the burnt offering, the meal offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the trespass offering. And what's really cool is that Jesus is uniquely tied to each of these sacrifices. And just to quickly illustrate that, the burnt offering satisfied God's wrath against sin and made fellowship possible between a holy God and a sinful people. Uh, Jesus became that forever bridge for us. Hmm. The meal and grain offering... The grain offering was a reactionary offering of thankfulness. It was never brought by itself or with a sin offering. It was an offering where the Israelites said, thank you by joyfully giving back to God out of what he had given them. And I would say this would be very similar to joyfully tithing our money for, uh, for the furtherance of the gospel to our churches. Mm. Um, that's what we see in Philippians four seventeen and 19. Um, Paul says, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And I I thought that was just really cool to to see how that's connected Old Testament new to Mm -hmm. us now. And then the third offering would be peace offerings. Uh, The peace offering was meant to establish a closeness between the Hebrews and God, connecting them in fellowship as God's divine grace and mercy was reflected on. Uh, This would be tied directly to the Lord's Supper or communion that Jesus established for us in Matthew 26 at the Last Supper. And then sin offerings. And 
I have the last two kind of coupled together. It's the sin and trespass. They're two separate ones, but I coupled them together for time. But they represent the forgiveness and purification from unintentional and intentional sins that we have committed against God. And again, Jesus paid those debts for us, past, present, and future. So all of these sacrifices and offerings were prescribed by God, and they were a pleasing aroma to him when they were given as he instructed. However, the condition of the heart behind the sacrifice was always key. Even in the Old Testament, when those who gave sacrifices tried to smell sweet to God through these prescribed festivals and offerings, God would say in verses like Leviticus 26.31, I will refuse to smell the pleasing aroma of your sacrifices. Or in Amos 5.21 and 22, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. So it's important for us to see that God has always, he's always had the same character. And yes, there's a new covenant, but the human heart has always been the same and the forgiven heart has always been destined to know Jesus. And this is all, I know it sounds like it's kind of in left field, but it's really a foundation for understanding why God used the smell of, mm-hmm. of how we act and the stench of how we act and what is a pleasing aroma and not a pleasing aroma. So I, uh, I'm all about foundations when I enter a study, and that's that's some important ones that I thought of. Yeah, yeah, it's wild how integral our olfactory senses are in the worship of the Lord, you know, thinking about even just some people are like, well, God loves the smell of barbecue. (laughs) Well, that's, that's not necessarily, you know, (laughs) it might be a little bit, uh, an oversimplification, (laughs) but, um, I, you know, when you said old Testament, I had been dwelling on this verse all day and I really hadn't found it until just now, but it's, uh, Exodus chapter 30, because I was thinking of not only the burnt offerings that are offered, which is similar to the smell of barbecue. I'm, we (laughs) we wouldn't ever debase it that way and saying our worship is that, but also you had, um, them burning incense before the Lord, which is something that I bring up when we talk about the new Testament Mm -hmm. uh, form of fragrance. And I remember that as Moses and um, the Lord were going over the specifications for how they were supposed to worship God in the tabernacle. The Lord said to Moses in Exodus 30, verse 34, take fragrant spices, gum, resin, oncha, (laughs) and galbanum, and pure frankincense all in equal amounts, and make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it to powder and place it in front of the Ark of the Covenant Law in the tent of meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. Do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes incense like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from the people. Hmm. And I was thinking like, this is God's special scent. Yeah. And and it's holy unto him only. And I started to think about how this could tie in to the New Testament of saying the Lord has those who are Christians by only one way. Mm-hmm. And that is through salvation by Jesus alone. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, that kind of makes sense that it would be like, this is mine and they are mine. And there's no other way for that's them so to become cool. children of God. And that's, that's, uh, we're going to revisit that mm-hmm. passage at the very end. Oh, too. okay. That's okay. really cool. It okay. really ties in. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Uh, the last thing that I'll say that that I thought of that connected the Old Testament to New, uh, as far as sacrifice and, and pleasing aroma, was Romans 12, verse 1, that says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And so that's... That's the sacrifice we now are yes. to God. Yeah, and even thinking about our profile on Nadab and Abihu, how they were like, we're going to go burn our incense before the Lord, but they did it in a unworthy manner. Um, they burned, as John MacArthur would say, profane <laughs> fire. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and we've gone over that. You can listen to that episode, that profile that we did. Um, but that's the same incense that they had in their burners where, you know, God basically didn't receive it and they were they were dead instantly yeah yeah it, it was very important to him that particular blend of spices mm-hmm. and they, they altered it and the the way that they were intended to worship and the way that yeah, they were correct. supposed to yeah that's right yeah. yeah right on well josh i know that uh, you said you started in the new testament do you want to go into any of that i've got um I've got a few things New Testament-ish myself, but I've been talking for a while. Sure, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so one of the verses that I found is Second Corinthians 2, verses 14 through 16, and I'll just read it if that's all right. Yeah. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ to those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? You know, I've read that passage several times, and every time I come across it, I just stop and start to think. Like, and first thing I do is I, I like go down and check my pits. You know, because <laughs> I'm like, we are Christ of Roma, and I'm just like, you know, how do I smell today? Daddy and today. You know, but it's it's weird to say um, to some, you smell like death. You know, and, and I mean, I've definitely checked my pits before and been like, oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but all joking aside, I, I wanted to get a deeper context of what this verse means. And the picture that Paul is painting is really interesting because he's talking, especially to his audience, about um, something that they might have seen before, which is a Roman parade. Uh, a triumphal procession. And during these Roman military parades, captives of war would be marched through the streets as garlands of flowers were carried and incense was burned to the Roman gods. The aromatic perfumes wafted in the air as the spectators and those in the procession breathed in their fragrance. At the parade's finale, many prisoners would be put to death. Thus, the aromas were pleasing and life-giving to the victors, but they were the smell of death to those who had been defeated. And, and this wow. is something that, like, it was it was a huge day. Somebody might only see it once in their lifetime, but in Paul's mind, I think he thought of it often as he's like, okay, we're being led in this procession by Christ, our general, who yeah. is um, showing off what he's done. And there's all this wonderful smell. There's these flowers that are being trampled and this incense that's being burned. And to the people that are excited about the general winning in the parade, they're like, yeah, we smell great. But the people at the back that are about to be executed, yeah, it's death. 
Yeah. And, and, and again, they're all smelling the same thing, but that's really wild. That really is. And that's that's a lot to think about. This reminds me of, of uh, 1 Corinthians one twenty three. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Mm. It's like the same smell to one that smells life, smells death to the other. Yes. It you know it's foolishness to those who are not being saved. Yes, yeah. But and then but that that's such an awesome picture that uh, you brought up there because think about that. I mean, the, the Christian is is graduating to life. Mm-hmm. And death, they're both dying, but yeah. one's going to life. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody um, likened it to the roads that the Christians are on the narrow path. That's a hard road to take, whereas non-believers are on the wide road leading to destruction, and we're all on a road it's yeah. just what um what's the difference you know and yeah. um i found this quote i thought it was really interesting it says no sense remains in the memory like scent there is nothing we remember more strongly than pleasant smells except perhaps unpleasant smells <laughs> thus the apostle wished that his life might be a sweet perfume floating on the air reminding me and above all reminding god of christ Wow. You know, because I think of uh, some of the best things that I've ever smelled in my life. I can kind of almost recall those to memory right now. Yeah. But I can also remember some of the worst things I've ever smelled. Yeah. You know, and I I think it's really interesting because the pastor from the church that we go to was talking about um, Peter after he betrayed Jesus uh, around the campfire that there has been um, some tradition passed down that whenever Peter was near a campfire and he started to smell that wood burning, that it reminded him of his uh, betrayal of Jesus. And a lot of times it was just that all factory sense yeah. of, of sadness that was like, oh my gosh. And Peter had to be around fires all the time because that mm-hmm. was their main source of light. Yeah, that that is fascinating because I... I can attest to that, that I smell a certain thing, and it, it's not that the smell was so good, but it's the smell that represented a memory back in my life, mm-hmm. and it all comes back. You yes, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Very interesting. So I, as I often do, followed the Greek word. <laughs> nice. And um, there's a few other places that these Greek words show up that are used in Second Corinthians chapter 2. One of them is Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, verses 1 and 2, which say, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, not only do we see that we're the scent of Christ, that uh, Jesus is the example of that scent, that he's showing that he is that offering. Um, that's the blend of the Old Testament coming in and mixing in with the New. And then Philippians 4, 18 and 19 says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable service, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And it's just really neat to see how these all tie together of just that saying that sacrifice, that, um, that gift that is being offered, because it's more telling in my life of what God wants to use me for. 
Yeah. You know, and, and we dwell on Romans 12, one all the time, you know, present yourself as a living sacrifice. And I feel like, you know, this is going to come up a lot in the application, but it's like, what's that smell? Mm-hmm. And what should be that smell? Yeah. And more importantly, because if there's a lack of scent, then maybe the concentration's not there. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm I'm going to go into that. So, spoiler alert. Right <laughs> yeah, no, good words. I like that. Um, so I found a really awesome article on DesiringGod.org, and uh, it broke down four aromas that God loves most. And I thought it would it, I would share those because it, it was kind of impactful as I read them. Yeah. But um, the first one that they they mentioned was the aroma of our prayers. And uh, we already talked about um, the scene with the specifically blended spices and uh, Nadab and Abihu altering that, doing it in the wrong way. But um, this incense uh, that we were talking about, it was associated with the prayers of God's people in the Old Testament. And we actually have a version of prescribed prayers for us in the New Testament for us. And some of those prayers are thanksgiving, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. Intercession, 1 Timothy 2, 1. Praise and adoration, Psalm 148, 1 through 14. Utter dependence, Matthew 7, 7. Seeking wisdom, James 1, 5. Petitions and supplications, 1 Timothy 2, 1. Seeking peace, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And salvation, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And the writer on Desiring God wrote the following about these prayers. These particular prayers, in fact, are so pleasant and precious to God that he lovingly collects them in golden bowls in heaven, Revelation 5, 8. By keeping them close, he can continually enjoy their blessed bouquet. And I really thought that was an awesome concept to think that, that God doesn't take our prayers in one ear and out the other, but mm. he savors them like an incense. And so mm. I, I thought that was a pretty cool aroma. Yes. And uh, the aroma of our repentance is the next one that they had mentioned. Uh, true repentance is a major aroma to God. I think of uh, the 400 years that God waited for the pagans of Canaan to repent because he is so just and he longed for them to repent and come to him. Uh, when God sent Jonah to the Ninevites, who were terrible people who committed the most heinous acts, but God desired the repentance of even the most monstrous people. And all of that is because God loves the sweet smell of repentance. Um, as a parent, I can relate when my kiddos come to me after they've, they've disobeyed, they've blatantly done something I've told them not to, uh, or maybe they've developed an attitude. But when they come back to me with that sincere, Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've been doing this. And you mm-hmm. can tell you, it's like a weight lifting off their shoulders. That is just a precious moment that touches a parent's heart. Um, it reminds me of the psalmist in Psalm 51 that says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. So repentance is major. Uh, we talked earlier about how God can become disgusted with our sacrifices. Um, even in Isaiah 1.13, God says, uh, Incense is an abomination to him uh, because the sacrifices were brought in vain. And I also thought it was really interesting, you know, that Martin Luther wrote at the beginning of his 95 thesis, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he intended that the entire life of the believer should be repentance. So continual repentance, that's another really great uh, aroma to God. Mm. 
Um, the third would be the aroma of our witness. And I'm not going to say too much on this because Josh already brought up most of the, the scripture for this, but it's the, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And we talked about that, what that means to be, um, the, the smell means different things to both, both parties there. Um, it's just an awesome thing to consider. So the aroma of our witness to the world um, is also a pleasing aroma to God as he watches us approach our graduation by preaching Christ crucified to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the fourth one that they had mentioned was the aroma of our love. John fifteen twelve through 13 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No greater love has one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. And, you know, Jesus said this to his disciples knowing that it would click after his death on the cross. And the believer is commanded to follow Jesus' example in this type of selflessness. Uh, Ephesians 5.1 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And uh, one, one author writes this, It was the will of the Lord to crush him. But Christ gave up his life willingly, and in being crushed, Christ's loving sacrifice gave off the sweetest, most sacred of fragrances. For Christ's death is able to make many to be accounted righteous. Mm. As Christ's followers, we are called to give no less. Not that we are called to die for other sins, but we are called to demonstrate Christ's suffering and sacrifice through our own emotional, spiritual, and even physical sufferings on behalf of others, however that may look in our daily lives. Mm. It is when we are expressing Christ in this way that we, too, become a fragrant offering to God. And that, indeed, is an aroma which he could breathe in all day long. Mm. So that was the fourth aroma um, that God loves. And, of course, there's there's many ways that we as Christians can be a pleasing aroma to God. Um, it, it really comes out in every way when we live day to day in different situations that present themselves. It's just a, a way of life altogether. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to piggyback on that, I thought of um, the story in John chapter 12 where Jesus goes into the house at Bethany where Lazarus lives, and I believe his sisters uh, lived along with him, Mary and Martha. And it says that um, while Martha served and while Lazarus was reclining at the table with him, Mary took about a pint of pure, it says nard, which was an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped her feet with her hair, and the whole house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And of course, we know that Judas was upset, and he goes, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. And and he didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he really wanted the money. And uh, Jesus said, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And I can't help but think of the disciples picking up that smell throughout the rest of the week as uh, Jesus was in the garden and being arrested, or maybe even just uh, just whiffs of it as oh, he was wow. being crucified. No kidding. You know, preparing him for uh, for burial. Because, I mean, you pour an expensive perfume on somebody and it's in their hair and it's yeah. in that, that really oily form, it's it's going to stick around. Yeah. What a good, that's a great picture to, to dwell on. Yeah. I just, or a thought. Yeah. I've, I've been thinking about it this whole week. And, you know, what did the upper room smell like? Mm-hmm. Um, 
what, uh, well, you know, what was walking with him down to the garden of Gethsemane. Like, I just, I didn't know if maybe that was just something that just emanated from him. That would make sense. That's, yeah. that's some really great insight. I love yeah. that. And, and of course they didn't have showers or anything because even, um, Jesus talked about Simon, the Pharisee when he was there and another woman had come and she had anointed his feet. And Simon was like, why would you let this woman touch you? And, and he goes, Simon can I ask you a question. He goes, did you wash my feet when I came in? Did you refresh me with some oil? Did you anoint my head with oil? And he's like, but this lady has not uh, ceased to wash my feet. She has not ceased to to um, anoint me with her tears. And, and it's just the interesting um, thought of not only is the fragrance an illustration of sacrifice, but it's also an illustration of worship. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. As we walk through this life for God. And I was trying to think of what that looks like for us ministering to um, someone who is perishing, who looks at us and goes, you smell like death. Yeah. You know, whereas another Christian might come around and be like, you smell like life, man. What's going on with you? You know? (laughs) And I was thinking like, how do we relate that to somebody who goes, you smell like death. Why? And, And, you know, to be able to tell them the hope that's in us and maybe to see, um, the, I guess their senses change and, and to, to see their eyes open and their nose all of a sudden, you know, it's Toucan Sam. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still soaking in the previous thought. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, follow your nose. It always knows. Oh man, nice. I went off the rails there. <laughs> um, but it, are you okay if I just go into my application? Yeah, for sure. Because that's really where I went with this, just kind of wrapping up. Like, what's that smell? Is it, is it Limburger cheese? <laughs> is it um, another thing? The the corpse flower. Have you heard of this? I, I don't know. It's a flower that blooms once every seven to ten years, and it's meant to attract flesh-eating beetles, so it lets off the smell of of virtually a dead body. Oh, that makes me sick. Yeah, it's... It, like those beetles in, in the mummy? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> the scarabs? Those oh, okay. horrid scarabs? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if it's that, but... That, I didn't realize there was real flesh-eating beetles. Yeah. But this flower... Well, I guess I guess I did. But, wow, that I never... That's crazy. Yeah, and, and it once it blooms, it lasts for about 48 hours, but I guess it's just the stench of death. That's crazy. And I couldn't help but just see the correlation in this. And then um, I was also... I have the the Sir Strumming Fish Challenge. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, it's, a, it's a... I guess a fish that's in um, the Icelandic culture where you... You open this up and you're supposed to eat it, but people like pass out because the smell is so strong uh, <laughs> and it's pretty, pretty dank apparently. <laughs> so, um, you know, my question for me and my heart is to daily ask, what do I smell like? You know, and, and not to do a pits check necessarily, but yeah. to do a heart check. Do I smell like Jesus or do I smell like the world? Yeah. Do I smell like the club? <laughs> you know, do yeah. I smell like, um, do I smell like money? You know, we have that saying out here in Texas, it smells like money. Yeah. You yeah, know, crap. exactly. <laughs> and I mean, what do you smell like? But okay, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to bring it home with some French words ah. because, um, 
I didn't know this until maybe just a couple of years ago. Uh, did you know that um, perfume and cologne are different for a reason? I did not. Okay, so I'm going to go through five stages. There's perfume. There's um, eh du. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me for this. Okay. There's perfume, and then forgive me for these pronunciations. There's eh du perfume, there's eh du toilette, there's eh du cologne, and there's eh fraiche. I just had a Keel and Peel skit come into my head. <laughs> for real. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, without trying to pronounce those again, basically the strongest concentration has about 20 to 30% of um, essential oils in there that give it its strength. And then the next one has 15 to 20%. And the next one has five to 15%. The next one has two to 4%. And the last one has one to 3%. And so typically you'll find that like real perfumes are the most expensive because they have the highest concentration. Okay. And the difference that lies in the concentration is, is all about like their water or alcohol base, but the higher the concentration, the longer effects of the scent on the wearer. And so sometimes you'll like be like, oh my gosh, this cologne is super cheap. That's probably because it has like a 1% yeah. uh, essential oil in it, which means it only lasts for like an hour. Oh, wow. Whereas perfume, you need less and it lasts that much longer. That's crazy. And so I couldn't help but think of this, and this is the best comparison that I can make. But in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is at times referred to or pictured as oil. And my question was coming out of this, what's the concentration of oil in our lives that's creating this heavenly scent? You know, is yeah. it is it a little bit of Holy Spirit in us? And, and people are like, oh, I, I kind of caught it on you. That's a little bit of a whiff. Or yeah. is it like full on Holy Spirit anointing in our lives that it's an unmistakable scent within us just wow. emanating from who we are. Wow. That's deep. I, I, I've been dwelling on it yeah, so no, much. That, that is deep. Yeah. And I, I found this quote and I thought it was really powerful just to kind of uh, correlate with what I was saying. Oh, the sweet savior of Christ. It does not consist so much in what we do, but in our manner of doing it. Not so much in our words and deeds, as in an indefinable sweetness, tenderness, courtesy, unselfishness, and desire to please others to their edification. It is the breath and fragrance of a life hidden with Christ in God, and deriving its aroma from fellowship with Him. Wrap the habits of your soul in the sweet lavender of your Lord's character. Hmm. Because that's what's going to make us smell like God is basically leaning into him and having the Holy Spirit evident in who we are in him. Yeah, that is that is awesome, brother. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it really is. When you were talking back there about the um, the heart checks and, and seeing how we smell, one thing I thought of is, because um, I've got a, kids now that like to get outside and get dirty and all that, and sometimes they come in and and I'm just like, man, you stink. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, they look at me like, smell their shirt. And they're like, I oh, smell fine. Yeah, yeah. I've smelled yeah. like this all day. And it made me think of, uh, 
you know, sometimes we can get used to our own mm, smell, and we yeah. can't we can't really pinpoint when we start stinking. Yes, and uh, that's why it's important to have uh, that that connection, that iron sharpening iron, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters around you, because they can help you identify some of that. Hashtag nose blindness is real. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're in the mire or the muck for too long, sometimes it starts to blank out. Yeah, you don't pick it up. And that's a really good application too, is that if you're entrenched in the system of the world for so long, sometimes you don't even realize it. Yeah. And when we're supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, mm-hmm. um, we don't smell like it anymore. That's that's something to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And I would think, you know, that's another one of those, um, I guess you could say dummy light <laughs> gauges in our yeah. lives of check going, engine. yeah, a check engine is going, Where? what's that smell? Yeah. You know, how how is my fragrance? Yeah. Because we're supposed to smell like Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. A lot to chew on for myself. Yeah, yeah me awesome. too. I know it's <laughs> it's another one of those episodes where it's like, oh, we didn't just present. We have to actually, yeah. you know, do the work and, and put in the time and all that. And, and those are the best ones, I think. No doubt. No doubt. Well, um, I, I really kind of close out, Josh, uh, the rest of my thoughts by kind of circling back to the the Exodus 30 passage yes. in, in the sense and all that. So are you, uh, did you have anything else or? I finished my last page. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to read this last Old Testament scripture regarding that specific smell made from spices that God was very particular about. Um, and then read a really cool parallel that John Corson made to how it relates to us now as believers. Exodus 30, 34 through 38. And Josh, I know you read it earlier already, but just to get context here, I'm going to read the the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I read it off the fly. (laughs) I didn't know it was in your notes. We should have talked about that. (laughs) No, it's all good. (laughs) Behind the scenes. They say that people often only remember 20%, so this maybe will be 40% for the listener. Bring it back again. (laughs) Exodus 30, 34 through 38. Then the Lord said to Moses, take for yourself spices, stacked, ancha, we both mispronounced that. <laughs> and galbanum, spices and pure frankincense. There shall be an equal part of each. You shall make incense from it all, a skillful mixture, the work of a perfumer, salted, pure, and holy. And you shall crush some of it very fine and put part of it in front of the testimony of the tent of meeting, where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you, and the incense which you shall make you shall not make in the same proportions for yourself. It shall be holy to you for the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use as a perfume shall be cut off from his people. And John Corson writes about these verses. These three spices are all sweet-smelling, yet none of them were indigenous to Israel. They were all imported from faraway place. So if there is to be any sweetness in you or me, it must be imported from a far country. We must allow the work of the Holy Spirit to be sent from heaven to indwell our mm-hmm. lives. If you desire to be pleasing to the Father, you must realize it will not be by your own efforts. In Leviticus 2.11, we read that sacrifices were not to be offered with honey, the sweetest substance known in antiquity. Why? Because honey loses its sweetness when it gets hot. The same is true of us. We might think we're sweet, but when the temperature goes up, when the heat turns on, When the trials come, suddenly we find our natural sweetness breaking down. Not so with the sweetness of the Spirit. It just becomes sweeter under pressure. 
And then Corson points to James 1, 2 through 4, which says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And that's really all I want to leave mm-hmm. you with, listener. Uh, it's only through Jesus that we're made to smell sweet. Our nature, apart from Jesus, it's a stench, just like our righteousness is filthy rags before a holy God. But that's the very reason we have such a fantastic hope, right? Mm. Um, so I just encourage you uh, to continue your progressive growth in Christ where every step will lead to a sweeter aroma to God. Yes, amen. Corson said it best. <laughs> well, the that, Bible did. That guy should be like a pastor or commentator, huh? You should, you should write a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I yeah. was, like, getting chills. Yeah. I, I was. I just stumbled on that by an accident. And I yeah. was like, wow, that, that was a godsend. Wow. So, yeah. Stay sweet, listeners. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of um, those studies that they do where people get scared and then instantly, like, we let off that, like, that fear stench. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, yeah. the, the hormone, the fear hormone. We're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it takes me right back to junior high. <laughs> right before that grizzly hit in yes. the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, what's that smell? Yep. Um, hopefully you tuned to this going i don't know what the heck they're going to talk about i clicked on it because that sounds interesting yeah yeah i know leonard skinner (laughs) you you know josh you've told me before about about hoobastank how they got their name right i did and then i researched it in preparation for this and i think i bought into an urban legend because oh i was God. originally told that they used to say whose butt stank and that's where they got their band name but according to the internet i read that somebody kept mispronouncing a german street name and that's where they got their band name oh it i know been so good i know i was just like i can't spread fake news i just can't <laughs> We've had enough of it in this world. I'm not just going to throw a 2000s uh, rock band under the bus. That's great. For my jokes. But so. it preached well. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It, it gave the illustration that I wanted, so I was going to use it no matter what. That's great. <laughs> I was I, like, that was probably the most depressing thing that I came across in prepping for this Is episode. Is it really? I, I was I, like, at the last minute, I just remembered that you had talked about yeah, that. Yeah. I so. was like, he's going to forget that I said it and I'm just going to move on. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. Well, don't let that be the last thing you take, listener. <laughs> no, exactly. Please. <laughs> but we, uh, while well, we love to have fun on the on the podcast, guys, we uh, we love y'all, and we we hope that we are are a fragrance to you, helping you become more fragrant to God. Yes. And uh, we hope you you enjoy the episode, and you reach out if you have other topics, or maybe you have questions about this one. But uh, please reach out to us. Yeah, and you can do that by sending us a message on Facebook, or you can also send us an email directly to connect at basnakebird.com. And we've been getting some of your messages, and it's really encouraging to hear your feedback and to hear your thoughts. And so uh, please continue to send those our way because this is a community. It's not just two guys talking into microphones. It's uh, it's a community that wants to support and pray for and uh, walk with one another in this world as difficult as it can be. Because we realize, like Stephen said, sometimes we do develop that nose blindness and we need other people around us to go, 
man, something stinks. Yeah. And not in a, you know, not the not the good food kind of way. Exactly. Yeah. No so, doubt. Yeah. So if the if the podcast is um, meaning something to you, a like and a share and a comment on on your listening platform goes a long way for us to help build the community that Josh mentioned. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, we really appreciate y'all tuning in, though. Yes, and always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to get some Dr. Squatch Jesus soap. <laughs> <laughs> and, be, and be a snake, snake bird. bird. I can't say anything after that. It's great. <laughs>